Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Sports Today. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, those Jacksonville Jaguars are leading the AFC South. The LA Chargers, you're never going to believe this, have been bitten by the injury bug. How far can defense carry the Dallas Cowboys without Dak Prescott? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. But to have the Jaguars over <laughs> the Titans, Matt, come back to me a little. Even if he put the if he put the Colts over the Titans by like a game, like Colts ten and six or Titans nine and eight, you know, I would at least be able to like you know not have the smoke coming out of my ears like a Looney Tune right now. But to have them third Jacksonville, Tony. <laughs> Tony, you wouldn't, if you had a gun to your head, you wouldn't say Jacksonville is going to be better than Tennessee this year. So I just, Matt, you're killing. Well, hold on, hold on, no, 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 don't, don't, wait, wait. Tony Wiggins lost to Jaguars. Will the Jaguars be better than the Tennessee Titans this year? You're damn right. That was from our AFC South season preview. My next guest, Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jaguars, was laughed at for saying the Jacksonville Jaguars could win the AFC South. They are now two and one after absolutely putting it on the LA Chargers 38 to 10 they are 2 and 1 in the division and they would be the number 2 seed in the AFC if the season ended today of course it doesn't but tony i'm just going to give you the floor what did you see that other people didn't first of all i saw four or five people laughing at me <laughs> and laughing at us <laughs> when i tried to tell them about Jacksonville. So here's what I really saw. Those my boys, and I appreciate it. I would have laughed at me too. But what I saw by being boots on the ground at training camp, as a credential member of Lockdown Jaguars, what I saw was the physicality that you see on Sunday. I saw a young uh, set of edge rushers along with some free agency additions in the middle of the defense in Foy Oluwakan and Foto uh, Fadukasi. Uh, I can say that fast too, right? By the way, both of those guys. And then Tyson Campbell, I saw him ascending as a second round pick, a guy who was taken right behind Stokes up in Green Bay, teammates from Georgia. I saw them collectively coming together. And then on offense, I saw the improvement of Trevor Lawrence, two healthy running backs this year. Jawan Taylor looked really, really good in training camp, along with Cam Robinson. And then you add pro, uh, all pro and Brandon Sheriff. And I'm like, man, this team looks decent. Throw in the biggest part of it was the competence of a former Super Bowl winning head coach in Doug Peterson. When you see it, you recognize it. It's different. And I thought this team could have a different output because of all of those new additions. The, the speed and the, and the intensity on defense stands out. But for me, when I watch them, they're a fun team to watch play football mm -hmm. on offense, which was not the case last year. And Trevor Lawrence looks like that dude. What have you seen? What is the difference in his game this year from last year? Trust. Trust in the offensive system. Last year, we have to remember, he came into training camp coming off of shoulder surgery. And then he came into training camp with a quote-unquote quarterback competition with Gardner Minshew after being the number one overall pick in the draft. And then just the infighting amongst the coaches. Trevor was Mills Lane. He was breaking everything up, it seems like, every single week. 
And then he was Ari Fleischer. He was like the press secretary calming all of the, the fans down. And he never really got a chance to just be a rookie quarterback to ingratiate himself with his teammates, learn all of the ins and outs and the muscle memories that comes along with preparing every single week. The game he to be the only adult be, in the room, it seemed like. He was the only adult in the room, and, and he shouldn't have had to be that. So the thing is, uh, uh, Bukowski, with Doug Peterson, there came this trust, the trust and now you see it in the game plan. So I, I was talking to Doug. I, we were actually in a press conference just today. It's not the play calling. What it is is he said, I have to have the confidence in the guys to call those plays. So it's the work that they put in during the week. And that work comes from a guy who's done it before, who comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree, who played the position at, at, at a decent level as, as a pro himself, and that who understands quarterbacking. I just think all of those things, when you bring all of those things and all of that work ethic into it, plus the talent, it can only get better. And I tell people all the time, there's nothing wrong with teal uniforms and nothing wrong with the air we breathe in Jacksonville. If you change the people and get the right people in place and do good football stuff from a fundamental perspective, good things will happen. Stay up to date all year on the Jacksonville Jaguars by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and the Locked On Jaguars podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the LA Chargers are already dealing with injuries. Stop me if you've heard this before. Here's what to look for on Bet Online, your number one spot for all of your gambling needs. The New York Mets minus 202 favorites at home against the Miami Marlins as they look to fend off the Atlanta Braves in the NL East. The Chicago Cubs will look to play spoiler in the Philadelphia Phillies Wild card dreams as they face off in Chicago tonight. The Phillies minus 161 favorites in that one. And for Thursday night football, we're already onto football. The Cincinnati Bengals, three and a half point favorites to beat the only three and O team in the AFC, the Miami Dolphins, after opening as two and a half point favorites. Bet online is where the game starts. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The NFL has announced the end of the Pro Bowl, arguably the most pointless all-star game in professional sports. I don't know who's even arguing it. It is. Now, there will be a week-long skills competition, both football and non-football related, as well as flag football. Maybe now someone will actually play defense. I want to see three-on-three basketball. I want to see softball. Oh, my God. Imagine bar league softball. Let the guys drink. Let's go. There's so many fun ways that they could do this, and they're, they're going to do none of them. Aaron Judge remains at 60 home runs on the year following a 1-for-3 performance at the plate along with two walks in a 3-2 loss against the Toronto Blue Jays for the Yanks. Aaron Judge will have at most nine more games to tie or pass Roger Maris' American League record of 61 home runs this season. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. The question is why. The Dallas Mavericks are gearing up for yet another season with high expectations, but what does star player Luka Doncic expect from this Mavs team? This season, what makes this season a successful season? Yeah, I mean, it's the same goal every year, you know. That's that's the ultimate goal I want, we want to achieve. The Miami Marlins will be looking for a new manager in 2023 as Don Mattingly will not return to the team. Mattingly's contract expires at the end of the current Major League Baseball season, with both he and the organization agreeing that it was time for a change. Mattingly will lead with a sizable lead as the Marlins franchise wins leader. Cleveland Browns defensive lineman Miles Garrett was involved in a one-car accident yesterday afternoon when his car reportedly flipped. 
There are no clear details about his status yet, but we do know that he has been alert and responsive. We do not know about any other injuries at this time. Stay on Locked on Browns as they will have the latest on everything Miles Garrett. The watch for Hurricane Ian is on. The Florida-bound hurricane could impact multiple games this weekend in the state of Florida, in addition to tens, if not hundreds of thousands of people and their everyday lives. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are set to host the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football. Games also in danger of being impacted in the top 25, number 22 Wake Forest and number 23 Florida State. Going at it with the Florida Gators hosting Eastern Washington, of course, far bigger things at stake than just football games, lives, people's safety. We hope everyone takes the precautions that they need to, that they stay safe in this potentially dangerous time. Here is another story you need to know. You could forgive Chargers fans for feeling like this team is cursed when it comes to injuries. Every year, it seems to be the same story. They move from San Diego to L.A., presumably to escape whatever bad mojo was down there, and it is still the same old story yet again. Major injuries to high-profile players affecting the L.A. Chargers. Rashawn Slater is going to miss the entire season with a torn bicep. Receiver Jalen Guyton tears his ACL. He's going to be out the year Justin Herbert has cracked rib cartilage and and shot it up on Sunday, but they go down to the Jaguars in big-time fashion. And now Joey Bosa is dealing with a groin injury that is long-term. We're waiting on the extent of that. Joining me now to try and figure this all out, Daniel Wade from Locked on Chargers. And as you look at this team, how are they going to make up for the losses of guys like Slater and Bosa when your quarterback's already hurt and you're expecting to be a title contender this season? I mean, you don't. <laughs> that, that's the short answer, Peter. There's no way to replace those guys. I mean, no team has, you know, an adequate replacement for players of that caliber. I mean, if the Packers have any tackles, though, you know, I'm sure the Chargers are out here listening. <laughs> but, I mean, you just you can't replace Joey Bosa. His impact was felt immediately or lack thereof. As soon as he left the game against the Jaguars, there was no pass rush. Trevor Lawrence got extremely comfortable, and you all saw what the result was. And then for Rashawn Slater, I think, I mean, there's a massive gap between both of those guys and who is behind them. But to give you an idea of the gap behind Rashawn Slater, Storm Norton took over and gave up eight pressures in 25 pass blocking snaps, three quarterback oh hits, goodness. and committed two penalties. Rashawn Slater had given up three pressures all year. Right. And that's what that guy did just in the second oh, no. half in replacing him. So, I mean, to have that and knowing, OK, well, your quarterback's automatically going to be taking more hits as soon as Rashawn Slater is announced that he's out for the season. And then combining that with the fact that you're trying to keep him from taking as many hits as possible. I mean, I guess unless you're Brandon Staley playing him, you know, down 28 with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. You can't replace those guys, obviously, as you stated. So what are you trying to do here? Is this just tread water time until Bosa can get back and hope you can sneak into the postseason and, and make a run later? Or like what what do you how do you have to shift both your your sights, but also your expectations for this team given these injuries? I mean, the the expectations definitely are shifted. I mean, they were a team that was considered, you know, going to be a playoff team, or you know, most people thought they would be and potentially a Super Bowl contender. I mean, you have to kind of take a step back from that now, especially, you know, with Bosa saying a significant groin injury, maybe out in a month, Rashawn Slater done for the season. 
I think that with the uncertainty around all pro center, Corey Lindsley, right? Your best receiver, Keenan Allen, not being able to play in games. I mean, there's no way to expect you're going to do the same thing. What you have to do is it's damage mitigation. Right? I mean, that's basically the only thing that you can do, right? I mean, you have to be helping probably both of your tackles now, which is going to take away from you offensively. You're going to have to probably send more pressure, even though the pressure sending didn't work against Jacksonville, who picked it up and seemed to be a step ahead the entire game. So, I mean, that's what you're going to try to have to do, but it's impossible to think that that's not going to affect them on both sides of the ball. They have to be more creative. They have to get better play calling from both the offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi, and Brandon Staley. And it's just, there's not much so far through three games that gives you a lot of thought that they can actually do that we haven't seen it yet even the one game they won against the Raiders I think the main takeaway was okay but you took your foot off the gas and got super conservative and they almost came back in the second half so I mean the expectations have definitely shifted for the Chargers hey it's win as many games as you possibly can knowing you're not going to be having some of your best players and probably pushing it more towards hey let's try to sneak in as a wild card team instead of potentially you know contending for this division they're not out of it but it seems like that's a more realistic goal now how does it change the way that that the team views justin herbert's injury and and maybe more specifically how should it change the risk tolerance that they have of putting him out there you mentioned he was out there down four scores in a game um you know where where there's just no heroics that are going to bring you back dealing with an injury that we didn't know i mean he was the wrong quarterback was announced an hour before the game in the stadium that, that Chase Daniel was going to play. This was a true game time decision. Like, at what point do you start to ask those questions? I mean, already, but we don't even know if he got a shot before the game, right? He said it was a personal matter to him, would not say whether or not he got the pain blocking shot in his res. I mean, I don't know how he would not have, but no, I think it's a fair question. I mean, I do think you have to think about, okay, well, what are we doing putting him out there behind, you know, Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins, two guys that, you know, don't instill a lot of faith in any Chargers fans. And also, you know, because of the expectations being changed for the team, is it worth putting him out? But the way I understand it with the rib cartilage fracture that he has, it's something that's not going to heal over two weeks. It's not something that's going to heal over three weeks, even potentially. It could be something that takes four to six weeks to fully heal because it is cartilage and the blood doesn't get there to help heal it quicker, at least the way I understand it. But this is still a team that's too talented to punt on the season. And by doing that, you basically are, right? If you sit Justin Herbert, if you put Justin Herbert on injured reserve, your season is effectively neutered. I mean, it's going to be hard to imagine that this team, especially given the injuries to the surrounding cast, can keep things afloat without Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is this team. He can't make an ex- you know miss an extended amount of time. I think yes, if you get to you know two and six, if you get to one and five, something along those lines, he's getting battered. Maybe you revisit it, but to put Justin Herbert on injured reserve to give him the time to fully allow that thing to heal and not just have to try to, you know, pain manage his way through the rest of the season. I think it's going to take some more dire circumstances than right now, but definitely something to think about for sure. Stay up to date on the LA Chargers by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and the Locked On Chargers podcast on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Coming up, just how badly do the Dallas Cowboys need Dak Prescott back? If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. I've spent my own hard-earned money on puffs for my family and guess what my family loves them and what's not to love the new cookie dough puff for example think of it you've got the protein infused marshmallow i'll say that again protein infused marshmallow then you've got the cookie dough chunks covered in a hundred percent real chocolate but it's not gonna break your diet bank 160 calories 
to go with 15 grams of protein. These things are the goods. They deliver every single time. I've never had one and thought, you know, I wish this were better. No, they're delicious and they deliver on the health side. So go to built.com and use the promo code locked on 15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code locked on 15. We did it, everyone. We made it through possibly the worst primetime NFL slate of all time, but we're not done talking about it. The Dallas Cowboys went into New York and beat the previously undefeated Giants 23-16, to and Cooper Rush became the first player since the merger in 1970 to lead three fourth-quarter or overtime comeback game-winning drives in his first three career starts. So, Landon McCool from Locked On Cowboys, who joins me now, why should he continue to be the starter even when Dak is healthy? <laughs> uh, because he's, you know, Dak is uh, 0-1 and, and uh, Cooper is uh, 2 and 0. He's clutch. So, uh, Come on now. That's right. I mean, QB wins is a thing and uh, we all completely buy into it. Um, you know, Presumably look, the I, check I, from Jerry Jones is now in the mail for us stoking <laughs> the QB controversy. That's right. That's right. There's going to be plenty of talk about that on Dallas Talk Sports, Sports Talk Radio, all joking aside, I, you know, Jerry is as good as anyone at creating controversy where maybe there is none. But I, I, you have to be impressed with the way that Cooper Rush has played in those three games that he's he's played for the Cowboys so far, two this year and one last year, because uh, to go into two on two road games and then in all three to mount a fourth quarter comebacks and to, for a win, uh, that's just really, really impressive. That's, that's about, as, about as much as you can ask for your backup quarterback in today's NFL. I find that there are there are situations where when you lose your your starting quarterback, especially when it's the, the caliber of someone like Dak Prescott, you find out a lot about your team. You find out who your real dudes are because a, a really good quarterback can elevate guys to be um, more than they otherwise would be. And so we're seeing now Tony Pollard come to life, 13 carries for 105 yards, had essentially the, de the decisive run um, at the end of this game, or, or, or nearly did CeeDee Lamme catches for 87 yards and a touchdown. What have you learned about this Cowboys team over the last two weeks with Cooper Rush starting, or, or what's solidified for you, perhaps? Maybe inadvertent of Cooper Rush's situation. I think we've learned a lot about the offensive line, about Tyler Smith, I feel like. Mm. Um, I think tonight we learned, maybe not previous to that now, but tonight, more than anything, we learned that CeeDee Lamb uh, needed a little bit to get into the season. You know, he just was not as much of a factor as you had hoped early on in the season, which you needed him to be a factor right away just because of the wide receiver depth. And it took, you know, kind of a rough first two games and then a really, really rough start to this game to kind of wake him up a little bit. And I think that that is going to be a big storyline for the Cowboys moving forward. And then I think, you know, uh, guys like Noah Brown, who, you know, we saw kind of do things in training camp, but some of these down roster guys stepping up in ways that you are a little bit unexpected. I, I, Noah Brown specifically, just because he's been so productive these last two games in, in ways, especially when the Cowboys needed him. Um, and, and, and it's just it's such an odd coincidence that he was elevated to the starting lineup after spending all his time on the second team with Cooper Rush. So he had developed this rapport with them and, and that became instant for them. And, and that became a, a huge benefit for both of them. So um, the Cowboys offense finding a way, despite really, really struggling at times uh, to move the balls is, is probably surprising in ways that I, I couldn't have predicted. The Cowboys defense also the last two weeks and, and really even going back to week one, not as 
Turnover reliant, as we saw last season, although this game ended on a turnover, Trayvon Diggs with the game-clinching interception. What have you liked about this defense where all of a sudden you're getting contributions from guys like Donovan Wilson, who, if you're not a Cowboys fan, you're probably going, I'm sorry, who? Or Dorrance Armstrong. You know, I mean, he signed a, he signed a contract with the Cowboys this year, and I'm sure a lot of people outside of Dallas didn't know who he was, and suddenly he almost had two sacks. He, I think he got another one called back, but he definitely had one sack, and then he blocked a, uh, a field goal. Uh, and, and just guys like that, you know, all across this defense kind of you know starting to make plays. Obviously, Micah Parsons was always going to be a huge part of this defense. That was never in question. But the question was, you know, look, turnovers are fluky. Regression is going to happen how was this defense going to remain good uh, despite maybe not having the turnover look? And, and tonight you saw it, Peter, like Diggs had at least two other ones that he probably should have caught. And, and then the other guys that had interceptions, they should have caught. You have to find a way to get off the field without ending it on its turnovers. that not, it's just not going to be like that. I think the pass rush, which is, you know, the, the gravity around Micah Parsons has provided a lot of opportunity for these guys like Dorrance Armstrong, Dante Fowler, I mean, what, what a signing that has ended up being for the Cowboys. He's he's played like a madman too. So, uh, yeah, the pressure up front has made it easier for the guys in the back end in, in a way that that maybe even more so than, than last year. And and with with the ability to get the quarterback down to the ground or at least force an errant throw, the Cowboys are getting off the field at a rate higher than they were previously, and it's it's really taking the relief off of the obvious regression uh, that they're having with turnovers. The New York Giants and Dallas Cowboys got into a slight altercation after their Monday Night Football game. The two teams were reportedly arguing about how many fantasy owners they screwed over last night. Then Kenny Galladay showed up and the conversation was dropped. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, the biggest stories from NBA Media Days plus We start looking ahead to a busy week of football. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.